This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I'm a food truck business trainer, author of Food Truck 101, Beginner to Winner, and Food Truck 201, Get Off the Truck. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Food cost for most food truck owners is the single biggest expense their business will incur. And if it's not the biggest one, it's the second big biggest expense behind labor. If you don't control those two components, you will go out of business. And it doesn't matter how high your sales are and how great your marketing is. You will literally expense yourself out of business. Every person touching any process of food production from receiving the order to the final handing out to the guests and saying, thank you very much, come back and see us, they have to understand food cost basics. Training that you spend in this area is almost as important as the training you spend on teaching people how to properly interact with your guests. So here's some areas that your training just absolutely has to include so that you are the most consistent with your food and your guests can rely on the end product being the exact same week after week, month after month. you got to have portion control. You have to understand the portions that you're giving to your guests and then also what they expect for the price you're charging. But you got to understand how much it costs you in the first place. Any portions you use must be measured and they must be measured without slowing down your productivity. For example, use those little measuring cups. If you need, need a quarter of a cup of cheese on something, use an actual quarter of a cup measure. They make metal ones. You can use them, no problem. McDonald's, for instance, has a special salt shaker that will dispense the appropriate amount of salt for the french fries. There are pumps that dispense liquids in parts of an ounce all the way up to a couple of ounces. You can get ladles that have ounce measurements on them. If you're going to be serious about your business, you got to be serious about all the utensils you're going to be using. And of course, there are going to be some circumstances where you have to depend upon sight so you can still maintain that speed of service. The sight still needs a point of reference. So if you're using french fries, for instance, and you have a scoop, you should have a visual aid that shows them how full, whatever your container is, they should know how full that particular container should be of french fries or whatever your product is. So use all the little tricks of the trade, portion control and visual aids to make sure that you're not over portioning your food. You gotta understand the plate cost or the recipe cost. What you charge is as much supply and demand as it is flavor and quality. Have standard ingredient lists, portion to those ingredient lists. Have visual training aids every step of the way. Add the cost of each ingredient and divide that by what you're gonna charge. So add up the total cost of everything, paper included. So you get that grand total, you're going to divide that by what you charge. That leaves you a percentage for that particular item. you got to know what every single menu item costs you, down to the penny. This isn't something you can go, ah, it's about $2. Well, you're about to go out of business. This information helps you to balance your costs by pairing a high food cost item with a low food cost item. So when somebody comes up and orders that double cheeseburger with extra meat on it that is a 38% food cost, you know automatically we got to suggest to sell side items and drinks to bring that food cost down. 
You need to record your waste. You simply cannot control your food cost if you don't know what's being thrown away. And if you're telling me, I don't throw anything away, well, you're just lying to me and you're lying to yourself. Onions, you cut off the ends, don't you? You're throwing them away. Tomatoes, taking the core out, probably not using the shoulder pieces. And if you are using the shoulder pieces on a sandwich, shame on you. You want to remember to account for the yield of a particular product. Like if you're cooking barbecue or brisket, it cooks down. You start out with a 10-pound roast, but it does not end up being 10 pounds now, does it? It comes out at 7, 8 if you're lucky. In some cases, I hear 50% cooked down. In any case, that's all waste. You have to record it. You have to know where you stand on that. You want to have an accurate sales mix. Now, if you're saying, well, what's a sales mix? A sales mix is a report your POS system spits out that tells you how many of each different product you sold. So if you sell hamburgers and cheeseburgers and hot dogs and chili, it will tell you the number of each one of those products. The more time you spend programming your POS to give you details, the better off you're going to be. If you don't program in something simple like, let's say, flavors of sodas, how will you know how many Cokes to buy, how many how many Sprites to buy, how many Diet Cokes to buy? Are you just going to guess? Or another example, let's say you have a hot dog on your menu. Can you add mustard to it? And can you ring that up? Can you ring up extra mustard? You need to know those things on a, on a sales mix so that you can figure out what your theoretical food cost is for your actual sales. Every morsel of food that goes on your products has to be tracked in some manner. And then every possible substitution, add-on, and take-off must have a way to be tracked. If not, you'll never achieve your food cost goal. One of the reasons why I tell people to start at 25% is because I know you ain't going to hit it. But at least you got a shot at making money if you're really running at 30%. But if you start at 33 and end up running a 38 or a 40, you ain't making money. So understand your sales mix. You want to do a par stock. And what a par stock is, is the list of ingredients and how many of them it takes for you to be able to obtain a certain sales level. For example, if your sales mix shows you sold 300 pounds of ribs, you divide that into your sales. Let's say you did $27,000. 27000 divided by 300 leaves 90. So what that means is for every $90 in sales, you're selling one pound of ribs on average. Now that means you can project your sales. You could go up to 37000 and you could do the math on it and that and know on average what you're going to sell. But if you don't have an accurate sales mix, you can't do that. So let's take that number I just said, the 27000 divided by 300 giving us 90. So let's say you're going to project $30,000. You're going to have a good week, $30,000. So that means you're going to need 333 pounds of ribs. So you're taking that $30,000, dividing it by 90, and that tells you how many ribs you got to order. Oh my goodness. Math is funny that way. If you actually track stuff and learn your numbers, you will make more money. And you got to do that for every product that's on your inventory, especially the ones that are super expensive. One of the restaurants I used to run consistently used about 800 packets of ketchups in between orders. I mean, consistently. We could see it reflected on the sales. We could see it reflected in the inventory. It was consistent. And then one week, all of a sudden, I had to order a second case because we were running out in between orders. So the first thing you do when something like that happens is what caused this anomaly. What you're going to hope is sales went up, but in my case, they hadn't. They remained flat. So then I should have theoretically used another 800 pounds of ketchup, and I did not. I used way more. So after a little investigation, I found an employee who was just handing out handfuls like to do at Taco Bell. But we trained our employees and we followed up on that training. Somebody comes up and orders fries and says, I need some ketchup. The response would be, will two be enough? And then you two them to death. Oh, no, I need some more. Two more. I need some more. 
two more. They eventually get tired of that nonsense, and then they go on about their way, or they'll give you a specific number, which I don't have a problem with, because I priced my french fries to include five packets of ketchup. So all those people that were glad to get the two paid for all those people that had to have six or seven or ten. So I didn't mind, but you got to track that stuff. You got to have a sales projection that's based on reality. The only way you can get to reality, number one, is to be open. Number two is to track your sales and figure out what makes them go up and what makes them go down, or at least have a good reason. Sometimes you just won't know. They just go up on their own for no explanation you can come up with. And likewise, they will go down for, again, no explanation you can come up with. But you got to have a sales mix or a sales projection, rather, that is based on reality. So if we're doing $27,000 this week, can we do thirty next week? And then we need to justify that to ourselves. Yes, we can, because it's 4th of July week. It's going to be a busy week because of the holiday. It's a travel week, or it could be schools getting ready to start. And that typically makes people in your area come out and eat because they don't want to deal with cooking that particular week. Whatever the reason is, you should have some type of track record and some type of justification. Got two more tips for you, and we'll wrap this up. Number one is shop suppliers. Look for the best possible price, and don't be afraid to shop around. The way things have been going the last year, it would be very prudent to continue to shop even after inflation starts to come down, even after the recession starts to improve. You've got to continue to shop. That's a good habit to be in. Always looking for the deals. And then the last thing is train and coach your entire staff. So you're going to train them on food costs. You're going to coach them on food costs. You're going to continue to talk about controlling food costs. You want to teach them the portion control. You want to teach them the hay set procedures. You want to teach them about waste. You want to teach them on how to track the waste. You can even come up with a bonus for your kitchen staff based on food costs and waste. But the idea is unless you're talking about it, it will not improve. Thank you guys so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They all have your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I've got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you with your food truck business.